Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 18 of the Fitness Devil podcast. Uh, today, we have our friend Chad Hargrove joining us. He's a Toronto-based personal trainer and online trainer and an Instagram personality. So uh, stick around and check it out. And if you like this or any other episode, please consider subscribing and share it with someone that you know who you think might in might be interested in it. It helps us grow and reach more people. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. Shut up and sit down. Hi, everybody. This is Andrew Coates, and uh, sitting across from me is Dean Guido, and uh, we're good. We, today, <laughs> I can't even talk. Uh, we have uh, our friend Chad Hargrove on the line. Uh, we actually fucked up the first time that we recorded this one with Chad, so uh, this is actually a redo. We lost the original recording, so he was gracious enough to come back to us. So uh, Chad's a Toronto-based uh, personal trainer and online coach who's really blowing up in the online space right now. So uh, thanks for coming on, Chad. How are you doing today, buddy? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I'm uh, I'm good. I just finished my oatmeal. I haven't had my coffee yet. Um, what? Just answer, <laughs> just, just answer some, uh, just answer some emails, and uh, I kind of just get into the the swing of the uh, the New Year's thing, which is starting to pick up a little bit. Yeah, well, last time last time we talked, it would have been frick. It was right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what's what's changed? Oh, I guess no one even heard what happened before Christmas. How's life been since Christmas? <laughs> It's, uh, you know, I think it's like pretty much the exact same as it was. Um, I don't know. Just, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're two weeks ahead. That's, that's a big, <laughs> that's a really interesting answer of, uh, what's, what's been happening. Um, you know, yeah, life's pretty much the have, same. To be have you noticed a oh, jump in the new year's, like people reaching out to you, want to come work with you, the online space? Did you get the new year's resolution crowd come your way? You know, well, I think it's, I think it's starting to as of like the last few days. So I don't like, I think, I think it actually, like, you know, I'm, this is, I, I guess this would be my second year in business, but my first year, I guess, actually in business, whereas last year I was just like scraping in a new city. Um, this time around, I, you know, I think, I think it picks up probably around the second week of January once everyone starts getting into the gyms a little bit more. Um, but, uh, or uh, gets into the gyms and start realizing that they aren't really sure what they're doing. Um, so uh, I did have a pretty good December as far as as far as interest goes, but uh, I think I'm starting to see it kind of pick up right now. When you mentioned being in for two years, but that's not really the case. Like you've been a trainer for quite a while, and I kind of want to touch base on that a little bit just to start us off. Is that you were at a commercial gym before? So yeah. kind of explain to our listeners what that was like, what that environment's like, and kind of some of the challenges and drawbacks of being part of that, and some of like I guess the ups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think if, if you are a trainer, you, you you probably understand where I know where I'm coming from with this one. And, you know, it's, 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 you're there for 12, 13 hours a day. You're, you know, you're up at 6am, you're, you're there till eight, eight or nine and, and you're not, you're not probably not taking home most of the money. Um, so it's, it's, it's a pretty big grind in that, you know, you might be doing, you, you might be doing work on seven days a week and, and 13 hours, but, um, also probably not necessarily getting paid the way you should be. Um, but also on the other hand, I mean, not to knock it completely. It's also an opportunity to get some business thrown your way, um, and to figure yourself as a trainer. So, I mean, I, I think there's, you, you can talk about the negatives and positives and like there's both. Uh, I use it as a time to invest a lot in myself as a trainer versus, um, in myself, uh, as a, as a business person, I guess. And, uh, over the course of two years, that started to, to start to really pay off where, you know, my clients started getting better results than, than other people did. But, um, you know, it, 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 it was a, it was a hard time of my life because, uh, there wasn't too much time for anything else. Um, I was living at home with my parents, uh, because I wasn't making enough money to get by, but, uh, you know, it, it kind of, it's starting to pay off now, but, um, yeah, there were some challenges for sure. Um, just brings to mind our last podcast episode we recorded with Dean Somerset. We always sneak him in. It's like a running joke at this point right now, so we'll get it out early. And we talked about how Dean and I, we both used to work for the same company. And yeah. a lot of what I hear from trainers is how you know poorly they're paid as a percentage and the long hours. And you can choose to use the long hours. And Dean and I were pretty lucky. Dean Somerset and I were lucky that the company we worked for actually paid extremely well. 
but it became yeah. a really it, it's a really good environment for a lot of trainers to get a good start now you have to get yourself busy that's for sure but yeah. there's a better pay than what you're going to see like the company is called world health and, and world health's a, a great local local company they've been around a long time so they do pay i think they have the industry leading pay for trainers if you are busy enough and you use the system effectively so it treated both of us really really well for years and then we just finally moved on to our own thing when uh, when circumstance sort of change and we realized that we'd grown as as far as we can within the bounds of it but a lot of these other companies, I know LA Fitness pays very, very poorly. I've got a few friends in those kind of places. And not, not to knock yep. companies like that, but the, they charge uh, the clients even higher rates than what I see elsewhere. And yet the trainers get the lowest percentage. So I, and not like World Health as a company is in two cities. It's in Edmonton and Calgary. You just don't get this place anywhere else. So yep. sometimes it's lost on me just how poorly a lot of trainers are paid in other cities working for these commercial gym chains and franchises. So, for trainers, it is a great place to start, but it does require some sacrifice, well, and it can be a big grind. Well, you got to use it for what it is. Essentially, it's a place to grind out experience, and because essentially you're getting clients given to you for the most part. Like you have to market yourself, but I would assume that they. You'd be surprised. You actually in these in a lot of these companies they're sold for you, yeah. but in a lot of these companies you really do have to sell yourself. You sell your own consultations or generate referrals yeah. that sort of yeah. stuff. If you want to be busier and more successful, it's and, and to learn those skills you'd best off put those efforts in and develop your own clientele quickly. And we'll kind of touch on this afterwards about the social media game, but like what were you doing back then to kind of make yourself big? I know that that strategy has changed, but like what was your method? Well, you know, that's that's the funny thing because I mean, as much as I was struggling, I also wasn't doing much for for myself while I was there. Um, And I, I, you know, to be honest, like I, I can be pretty stubborn. Yeah. And my opinion was that uh, I was an employee, so I should be given work. Yeah. Um, and like, if someone tells me I'm, I'm wrong, you know, honestly, I think I have pretty good arguments against that, but <laughs> it was also like, Hey, we're not going to give you all the work you need to survive. So, um, it is what it is. And you know, you can leave if you're not getting it, which I ended up doing. Yeah. Um, even though like when I did leave, it was starting to get better, but, um, you know, it, it, like there's just, I, like I treated it like, like I don't want to offend anyone by this because like, you know, everyone's situation is their own, but the way I treated it for myself, I was like, this is going to be the minor leagues for me and I'm going to take the bus rides and I'm going to eat the cheap food. And, um, you know, but, but I'm also going to grind it out and get a lot better at my job, which is like, even like, I remember there was a time where like my hours got split, like almost in half in like a two week period over the summer. And, uh, for whatever reason, I thought it was a good time to like, you know, spend a thousand dollars on like, uh, seminars and, you know, webinars and all this stuff. So, um, you know, I just, I, any free money I had went back into myself that way. And then, uh, and then I started worrying about the business stuff later. Well, a lot of trainers don't take advantage of what you did. And this is why yeah. you know, you're in the position you're in is yeah. investing, you know, the available funds in those kinds of things. I've worked with a lot of people who the money that they're making is going into the bar. It's going into <laughs> party lifestyle yeah. or God only knows what kind of bullshit. And I, for a very long time, was surrounded by very little of anything that had a similar mindset and wanted to learn more, continue education. Um, yeah, it like it just it surprises me how few trainers actually approach it. That, and that way. was one of the things I learned. Like I got into, I was going to say the game, the fitness industry, but I was a teacher before, so I, I started late, like twenty. 29 and the one thing i did notice is that i needed to put money into training like training as in seminars and stuff because seeing all these things and i guess you can read all you want but going to seminars and investing that money ha- has been the greatest thing i've done at least initially because it put me way ahead of some people that and there's a lot of people that don't i would say 90 percent of the trainers aren't doing that Not unless they're forced yeah all, all those hours, like, I mean, even even all the free stuff that's out there, like, the countless amount of hours I just sat there, like, and even on times when I probably should have been socializing. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I'm just sitting there, like, and obviously that tells you a lot about, like, where you should be going with your life if, like, if you're choosing to stay in on a Friday night to watch, like, you know, like, talking with Dean Somerset, like, I, I own that guy's products. Um, <laughs> so, like, it's, like, you know, it's fun to be on here and talking about that, but um but all but and and i was always told by guys that i looked up to that this stuff pays off and you know for me it was it was barely about that it was like okay well they, they say it's going to pay off but but also i just kind of really want to watch this anyways <laughs> yeah well, that's, that's, you know, that's how i started initially and then i was like man i need to do this to make me better but like it was just i want to go see these people speak i want to learn what they know and that was the easiest way to yeah. do it i guess that's nerdy in a sense but 
I guess it's easy if you would do it. It makes it's like a killing two birds with one stone or stoning two birds at once. Is that you can <laughs> learn what you like and then you can get you can get better at your business. What, what is it that Ricky uh, exactly. from Trailer yeah, Park says? Get two birds stoned or something like that. Stone two fam- birds at once. Yeah, if you're if you're familiar with the Trailer Park boys, no one's going to. Well, that's Chad should be. You're Canadian, so and you're from the east. Yeah, that's all. Tra- do you guys listen to Trailer Park boys? Watch. Uh, I, I hear about it. What? Yeah, for sure. Oh man, you're missing out. You're Canadian, man. You got to push that stuff. Support Canadian. So Chad, with all this and talk about uh, you know, grinding in um, commercial gyms and whatnot, when did things really change for you in your career, and what was a catalyst for that change? Um. Well, I, I think really. Well, there, there's probably a couple points. I mean, the, the, the probably the biggest one. Like when I when I left Ottawa, I left Ottawa about a year ago, um, and it was kind of just like a you know I walked into a new city. The, you know, I guess you could call Toronto like Canada's the most competitive city or maybe busiest or something like that. But um, I got in here and just kind of decided to start a business from scratch, which forced me to do a lot of things that I hadn't done before. And fortunately, I did have some mentorship beforehand um, that kind of, you know, gave me an idea of what to do. But, um, you know, things really changed when I, when I basically, you know, <laughs> I moved to a new city and it was either uh, sink or swim. And, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of people say when people are given the chance to sink or swim, they choose swim. Um, and uh, it just, it, it started going upwards. You know, I was forced to uh, put myself out there even when it felt really uncomfortable. Um, you know, write, write, you know, blog posts and write on Facebook at times where like everyone was saying it looked great and I was doing a great job. But when you're first starting out, you're actually more scared than you think you're actually doing well. Um, but you just keep doing that. And as long as the information is good, people keep paying attention and, 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 you know, it, it drew business and, um, you know, one thing leads to another and the thing kind of spirals and, and kind of right now it's kind of starting to spiral a little bit. So spiral in a good way. I mean, um, but that's kind of where it happened. Well, tell us, so this is going to be, this is lost in the, the tank of podcasts that never happened was you kind of explain a story on how you kind of moved out from the gym you went to yep. Toronto, and you're looking for clients. And, and funny enough, we're going to talk about your online stuff. But what, do you remember the story about maybe getting a haircut? Well, it, yeah, I mean, like I liked it. Was, it. That's why I want you to retell it because we, we fucking lost it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I moved into a I moved into a studio. I was in I was in massage school for like two weeks, and I and I and I dropped out once you know the online thing like and the writing thing was like okay, this is, you know seems like a good thing, and it was like I was writing posts in class. Yeah. So I got out and then I ended up in a studio. I met a guy at a, you know, at a, at a, at a party on a Friday night and yeah. you know, he was, he, we got together, we talked in the studio or we got, I, I went in there, um, didn't have any clients and kind of sat down with the owner and he's kind of like, you know, let's come up with a marketing plan. And, you know, it was basically just like, you know, run around and meet local businesses. So one day I left the studio and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a hair salon next door. So I walked in there and I didn't really need a haircut, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're charging pretty good price for, uh, for haircuts. And I've heard that those are good people to network with as trainers because, you know, they got, they got a lot of clients. They talk a lot. You went old school. So, exactly. So I, I, I walked in there and we sat down for a bit and, you know, built some rapport and eventually, uh, you know, brought up training, uh, or brought up, brought up fitness in general. So I didn't, you know, sell him on the spot or anything, but, you know, he's into it completely. He's been in the gym and all that stuff. So, you know, eventually asking what my rates are and, uh, you know, I gave him a low rate just to get going and, uh, we got started and actually funny enough, I talked to him about three days ago, so he's going to come back in. He's been out of there for about a couple months, but, well, the re- um, yeah. yeah, I was going to say the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because like, we're going to talk about a lot of online social media stuff, but it's not like yeah. you're just in that space. Like you're, you're a legit dude doing real things and you're going to no. barbershops and getting clients. <laughs> Well, that's what I, that's like, that's, but that's a lot of the stuff that, uh, that I mean when, you know, when I had no choice, but to like, cause at that point I had like, you know, I might've had like eight online clients who most of which were actually local in Toronto, yeah. but, um, but, uh, or Ottawa, but, uh, but at that point, like it was like, I wasn't making rent. I was, I was living off, like I was heading into credit card debt territory. I was, you know, basically living off, you know, whatever income tax I had. Um, so it was pretty much like, you know, you gotta, either gotta go figure this out because there was no way I was going to go. Like, I didn't want to work for anyone. Yeah. Um, in fitness, I just, I just figured at this point, like, you know, what's the difference between me working for someone else and taking less of the money versus me, like, you know, going out and finding people. And, 
Um, truth, well, or maybe the difference was I just didn't think most people were going to hand me business anyways if I worked for them. Yeah. So, um, you know, walked in there and it just seemed like a good bet. And sure, sure enough, uh, you know, two weeks later he was in there with me, and then two weeks after that he had he had uh, his fiance was in. So, kind of started there. But uh, yeah, you, like it. Social media isn't really different, except you know it's kind of nice because you can you can kind of hide behind a computer and do it. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but um, you know, at the end of the day, like you know, sales and marketing is is what it is. It's you know, go present yourself and then uh, you know, <laughs> sell yourself, and that, that's that's all I really did there. Well, and the what was I gonna say? I was gonna say the interesting part of that whole thing is you talk about putting yourself into corner. You went to Toronto, man. What were you thinking? <laughs> cost of living is so high. I, I know. I, I call it like the best and worst decision I ever made, and like you know, and it increasingly becomes a better decision. Yeah. Uh, not even just the city itself, but just the decision to uh, you know do something completely like what I still consider kind of crazy because um, there wasn't really any like I I, le- I left a uh, I forget what the raise was, but I think I think I was getting like a six or seven dollar an hour raise. Yeah. Um, at my old gym. So I had just gotten a pretty good raise that was about to make the job pretty stable. Um, and, uh, and I just, you know, you know, screw it, just <laughs> left for the big city and uh, started from scratch. But like now it's just like, you know, what it forced out of me was, uh, was, was, uh, pretty incredible. Well, and was that, um, did you, did you force yourself because you knew it would back into a corner? And the, the reason why I ask is we had one of our other guests, Michael Dietrich. He pretty much did the yeah. same thing. He's just like, he went right from school to just training, left town. Yeah. And he's like, it forced yeah. me to kind of be on the ball. Like, was that the game plan or was it just, I'm just quitting because I don't want to boss? It was, it was so much harder than I could have ever thought. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and, and fun was more expensive than I was expecting. And, uh, you know, like, I haven't, I haven't taken a day off. Like, and, uh, this isn't like hashtag grind type stuff. This is like, just like, um, pay my rent. Um, or, or actually also just falling in love with, uh, with the business, to be honest, uh, and like, and what it can do. Yeah. But, uh, but it was, it was harder than I had expected. Um, so it forced a lot out of me more than what I was thinking. I mean, there was some, there were some nights where like, you know, I was pretty, actually pretty scared, but, um, but that again, like, because you're you know, in Toronto like, or because of training. Yeah, there's, there's some nights where I'm in a corner, like crying, uh, like you know, just a, just a mattress in the corner without any furniture. Rice case. Um, <laughs> exactly. That's uh, that's not the case. But you know, there were some nights that were like, you know, you, you know, you can paint a picture to describe it, I guess. But um, but uh, it wasn't really the plan. But to be honest, I had talked about this for a few years. I envisioned Toronto just being a better market to be in. I thought it was exciting. I was hitting 30. Um, you know, Ottawa's a, a small city. Um, and I kind of just wanted to make the move. But honestly, it was something that, like, I talked about for about a year and a half. And one friend, you know, over a couple beers just kind of, like, you know, poked me and said, you know, it's about time you start t- stop talking about this and just do it. I was just I was like, yeah, I was just like, oh, fuck it, I'll just do it. I was going to drop the same line, stop talking about it, be about it, I think is what I, exactly. they always said in exactly. football. Well, I've been in your shoes yeah. too, and I actually grew up in Newfoundland. Um, I was through my late teens uh, into my late 20s, I was in St. John's. So St. John's is a city, uh, yeah. depending on what part of it you, you count, it's like 150 to 200,000 people out of the greater area. Yeah. And yeah, I I do know the experience of leaving that uh, as an adult, going to a completely strange city, had a couple of friends here at the time, and just dropping in and really not knowing what I was doing. And some of the stuff, you know, the stress that you described, I had those nights, and I didn't jump right into the fitness industry. I wasn't even in that at that point. So it yeah. was a longer journey. It's a, it's a much longer story that's not really something I want to dive into right now, but I can relate to what you're dealing with. And I, I think maybe a lot of listeners can probably look at this at some point in their life where they weren't doing very well, or, or maybe they're staring that down right now. And I hope that either it resonates with someone and they can remember what it was like to work through it. Or if someone's facing that, well, just keep working your ass up because like a lot of us have gone through that. And yeah, maybe it's easy to look back and say that now, but you know, just stay on course, I suppose is the best yeah. thing I could possibly say. Yeah. Well, in the yeah. T- it, yeah, cool. If it, I mean, if it's in the name of, I don't know, if there's a reason for it, like if there's actually a good reason, I think you'll know it. Just because you're scared to do it doesn't mean like it's probably the reason you should do it. Um, but like honestly, like it's been like I've had some of the hardest days of my life here, but also like by far some of the highest highs. So 
I think like ch- chances are, if you're ever wondering about like making a big move like that or a career switch or something like that, truth is deep down, you probably know it's the right one. Um, and if, if you're scared to make it, that's probably all the more reason to do it, to say, screw it and do it. Yeah. Um, because truth is like the amount of times that like I was scared, stressed, like, and, and like, you know, to this day, I'm still like, you know, have trouble with the business and all that stuff. But, um, you know, it's, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but, uh, yeah, you, you, you like chances are you just you, you just know if it's the right if it's the right way to go and uh, um, you know those, those hard nights are probably the ones that you, you like the hard nights are the ones I miss the most. <laughs> Like, well, I was going to say, I, I can resonate with that. I think we all can resonate with that. But like, I was making a change from being a teacher and like just shit was going on with my job. And essentially I had to plan it out. But like, I dropped like a, a good career to do it. But it was just like, like you said, I knew that I had to do it. It was just a matter of the right timing. And the second it happened, I pulled the trigger, but yeah. it was pretty freaky. <laughs> I was like, fuck, yeah. I'm leaving this yeah. good job. But it was probably the best thing I ever did. And you can probably agree. Yeah, um, exactly. So I do want to touch on this. So for some of our listeners who don't know Chad or for the ones who do is that Chad is kind of one of those guys on the Instagram space that is, I want to say, one of the infographic dudes. So he puts out a lot of information on social media. So we kind of want to talk about that change in your life. But talk about social media in general and how it's changed the game for trainers and some of the dangers of being left behind. And left behind, what I mean is not using the technology for what it can do for your career. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like, well, one misconception I think is that like the only way to build business now is is on social media, like, like, or, or maybe the you know the best way to start your online business, like, could actually be selling. You know, like, you could be talking to people at like social events and and you know walking into into uh, into hair salons and stuff like that, like, or just meeting people that you know. Like, you don't have to build. You know, your first client doesn't have to come from Australia. Um, you know what I mean? Like, and they're like, the fact that you run an online business, like, like it's, you know, it doesn't mean you have to go, uh, it doesn't have to mean find unique clients who you've never met on online. That should come probably down the road. But even if you're on your business online, you should still be thinking locally. But, um, as far as social media goes, like, like if you're doing it and the guy down the road isn't, um, you're probably winning because like at the end of the day, people's eyes are on their phones. Like you, you walk on a bus now and, uh, it, it's Instagram feed. Like you can just see it across the entire bus. Like if, if you got one guy who's walking around meeting people in person and you got one guy who's got like interesting content that's, um, grabbing attention, like who do you think is getting the business? So is there, is there an aspect of uh, getting left behind? Like, I mean, there's no way around it. Like, I, and I would love to battle it because I'm not as, as much as I'm on social media now and, um, and all that. Like, I, I before it, I, like, I, I barely, barely used it. Like, I, I had a Facebook feed and I'd scroll it every now and then, but I didn't post or anything like that. But, uh, but the truth is, there's no way around it. It's, it's made marketing easier. It's really, I think it's really easy for fitness professionals to use if they can get into the habit of it. Um, and people's eyes are all over it. And trust me, once you start doing it, you'll like the first time some one of your friend who you haven't talked to in five years reaches out to you. It's like, hey, what are you doing? Like, you all of a sudden you see the power of it. Yeah. Um, and the truth is, is when you start, like, and, and I say this from my perspective, when I started twelve months ago, I had no idea what the potential was. And obviously, you know, in my position now, that could you know come off like, okay, you may have like had a unique situation that you grew pretty fast or something there was still things I noticed before the Instagram thing happened that like, I didn't really understand how the marketing will work across social media. But, um, you just, if you just get down to posting every day, you start to run into opportunities. People see you more. Um, you, you begin to be surprised how many people see it. Um, and it's it's rewarding for business, but also like your social life and you'll, you'll, you know, if you like beers, you'll probably get bought more beers as, as an (laughs) added feature. You know, if, 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 like the truth is, people start to feel like they owe you something if they if the content of that is actually good. And uh, basically, I mean, I, tell them all I our feel, friends to buy us beers. Yes, I feel like I get bought more beers now. So if you're listening to this and you're listening to our <laughs> podcast, this is free content. <laughs> we live locally. We drink beer. Well, one of the, the first time I ever met Chad and I got to hang, hang out a little bit, he had a, he was on the tail end of a pretty rough night in Kansas City. You probably remember that, don't you, buddy? 
was an average night. <laughs> Likes his beers. So, yeah, in the in the, in the in the first podcast, this was actually like the the pre podcast conversation that's that's actually found its way onto the. Uh, the I remember, Chad said specifically, "Don't talk about." <laughs> <laughs> well, the Kansas City is is just a giant shit show. They all right? had lots of fun. And, you know, it's like yeah. I remember I had a bottle of scotch and then like. I left it for a bit and Alan Aragon polished it off. It's like, all right, it's Alan Aragon. I could live with that. It's a good time. So I'm looking forward to it again this year. A thought that I had with all this, and unfortunately I've seen this a little bit, especially with new and young trainers, uh, you can see that them really tackle the, the social media end of things. And it looks yeah. really good. And it looks really polished. But they still have work to do with the in-person quality of the experience with the client if that makes sense uh, little things yeah. like professionalism engagement uh, exercise selection and that knowledge base so someone can come off really really polished and skilled on their social media but it's still really important to nail the core skills the core quality of the experience otherwise yeah. the social media stuff isn't going to matter very much yeah 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 i'd love to touch yeah um so I mean, I, I see online training as a, as a career progression for trainers, and I, and I actually see it as a progression for clients too, um, as a means to stay under guidance longer um, of a trainer, but and also to pay, and, and also to inevitably like end up paying less. Um, but also as a trainer, like if I wasn't like, and I, I you know I'm not like I'm not one of these top guys in the industry that like you know I learned from Eric Cressy, but I'm not like I'm on an anatomy wizard like these guys. But the one thing I do do well is I can pretty much teach anyone how to do the basics very, very well. Um, and, and it, and it like, and I use it every day over video, over screenshots, over email sending to clients. Um, the fact that I, that I became good in person, um, before I went online was like, was a huge because I would have, I, I, I think I would be really, really stressed out because uh, online now if I, if I didn't have that, because like the amount of stuff I can show now where I've like basically corrected clients over the internet, like I'm, my brother's, uh, you know, my, my brother's long distance, I'm actually teaching him how to deadlift right now, um, online. So it's like, it's, uh, but if I didn't have, if I, if I couldn't do it in person, I, I don't have a, any clue how I would do it online. No, that makes a ton of sense. So this obviously impacts how this affects uh, clients, potential clients, you know, fitness enthusiasts. Uh, and of course, yep. we're talking about the social media side of stuff and the online stuff. What else yep. does this mean for those people? Like the the big push for social media, the growth of online training. What does it What does it mean for who? Sorry. What does it mean for our clients, our potential clients, and just just people out there, fitness enthusiasts? How's, how does yeah, this change it for them? All the people. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, I've, I've, you know, the, you can go both sides. Like, some people say, like, online training is, like, you know, the worst thing ever. And But but truth is, is, like, if it's done right, it's it's a huge opportunity for, like, everyone. Um, it, it, like, like, I told someone the other day, I was like, I would not be surprised in five to ten years from now, online training was bigger than in-person training. Um, if it's, like, I mean, and I mean, like, actual one-on-one -on -one coaching, not, like, the, you know, the, the world of, uh, you know, all the other ways that money can be spread around through, uh, through online means, but I mean, like, at the actual training portion, um, because, like, you know, like, I have, you know, what do I do? I, I'm doing about 15 to 20 weeks in person right now, and most of them are actually on, in the process of becoming online clients, so, and, and it's probably going to get to the point for me where, um, like if you want in-person training from me, it's probably going to be like a, a two to four month, like, like bridging process. So you learn how to lift or something like that and get comfortable with it. And then you're going online. Um, and the more that happens, uh, I mean, obviously the more online clients I have and the more trainers learn how to do that, the more people they help, the, the more flexibility they have. Like it actually becomes a career where like you don't have to work, um, you know, 5 a.m., 5 a.m. to to 8 and then go back for your your, your 6 to 9 p.m. Um, you can just do one of those and, and do the rest of your work online with clients that you actually have a real relationship already with. Um, so it's, 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 you know, it, it makes it cheaper for people um, in the end. Um, you know, it makes them more autonomous. It allows them to keep their flexibility. It's just like there's a lot of good things about it if it's done properly. Um, but the key is that it's done properly. Um, and, and trainers need to still be very skilled. Like you can't just be an online thing. Well, I think there's the difference in, <clears throat> we kind of touched on this the last podcast, but that difference of being a person who just 
gives out a program and someone yeah. online and then someone who is a coach online, which which are two different things because you can have the program and they can do it, but without proper coaching, which is harder to do online, that program is almost null and void. And that's kind of where I think that you're going with the whole doing it right type of thing. Yeah. And uh, the, the, well, the, the, the challenge is like, you know, as much as we know that, as much as we know the program is only so like the piece of paper with the exercises on it. Yeah. Like we know, we know what that piece of paper means. We know it's individualized. We know like why the exercises were chosen. The truth is, is um, the the average uh, client or potential client um, still just wants the program, and that's what I had a lot of trouble with because, like, you know, if, if I gave someone my rates for online, they'd be like, "Oh, I'm going to pay that much for you just to, you know make paper for me." Yeah. Um, like, and that's the kind of eyes that some people would give because most people out there who are you know looking for help. Um, think that, you know, that magical piece of paper that a trainer carries around is actually the, uh, you know, the end all. Whereas, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, so, you know, you almost, the coaching process almost happens, uh, like, you know, and that's part of the, you know, that's, that's part of what goes into, you know, when I'm making an infographic, I'm like, what do I want to teach the potential client? Yeah. Um, you know, because now they're always like the amount of clients that uh, I get now that the first thing they say to me is, oh, wow, you clearly know your stuff. So all of a sudden, I've tried my best to teach them for free. But they also come in thinking, oh, wow, this stuff is a hell of a lot more complicated than I thought it was. So uh, maybe I should pay for it. Um, so like, it's, um, it's a tough one like that. It, that can be very frustrating because the, the, the marketing out there can be deceiving and, and most people are confused. So um, you know, it, there's, there's a coaching process that happens before and obviously a coaching process that happens during, and, um, you know, it's never just about the piece of paper. You got to be a human being. Uh, people are looking for support. People are having trouble with their personal lives. Like you're managing all that. Um, to be honest, I, I think it's absolutely hilarious that I can be put, put in a position to deal with the stuff that I do after a weekend certification. Yeah. But, uh, but the truth is, is that like, if you like, you know, uh, the cream always rises to the top. If you were, if you're good and you're willing to handle that and you love the job and you, you end up realizing that there's a lot more to it than just handing the client the piece of paper uh, or even just doing the exercises, right. Um, you, you can thrive. But I mean, the other thing you got to realize is, is people out there are looking for support. Uh, they're looking for someone to believe in them. Uh, they're looking for someone to tell them they did a good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, because like people go, people go to their jobs a lot of times and just get smashed in the face all day. Um, and they want the opposite from you. And I guess that goes back to the whole point of being a coach and being able to evaluate some of those things. Cause you're not going to get every client like that. And no. I think that, I guess that's part of the whole coaching process is teaching people that it's not just about the piece of paper because of, of just, even if you use the program, for example, a perfectly, a perfect program is shit if you do everything wrong, as opposed to if you have a simple program and they do it right. And I see that with a lot yeah. of your infographics is you go, I don't want to say you go simple in terms of like the stuff that we know, but it is actionable and you're not giving them freaking dynamite in your infographics yeah. that they're going to fuck themselves up. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Like, and, and it, it can be challenging sometimes to come up with the right stuff. Like I do a lot of form stuff and a lot of like really basic programming stuff. And you know, it, it's, it's fun to watch people interact because all of a sudden you get a little bit more, I guess you could say ballsy in terms of like the language I use. And I don't mean in terms of like, um, you know, cursing and all that. I, I just mean like the fact that I, now I can use the word hip hinge and a lot of the people watching kind of understand what that means. Yeah. Um, whereas in, when I first started posting, it's like, you know, you know, people, you know, deadlifts hurt their back. So, um, <laughs> so like now it's like you, you start to get an educated audience where like the comments come through and new people come in and they start reading that. Um, so it's a chance just to educate people. Um, and then show them what it's all about. But you know, you, you like, and you get to put your own sprinkles on it. Um, but, uh, what I hope everyone realizes is that behind the scenes, um, you know, my clients always get more, um, they, they get more out of me. They get like, you know, they get calls when they need and all that stuff. So, um, you know, there's a lot to this whole thing, to be honest. Okay. Oh, let's move over to like mainstream media. Cause I guess social media is, is sort of mainstream and there's the greater mainstream media. <laughs> let's talk about, being dishonest with everyday people about exercise and nutrition and what the dangers yeah. in this. And, and what I mean is there's people out there, I'm not going to say names this time, 
but that, are, that, that they're just putting all information that's plain wrong. And what's the danger in this for the end user? And how do we combat that as fitness professionals? Or how have you yeah. tried to get into that world? Well, um, I said this the other day. I was like, you kind of have a decision. Like, if you're in marketing and you're in business, you basically have a decision in this world. You can either sell lies or you can sell the truth. Um, I think selling the truth is actually quite a bit harder. Um, like, if you understand how to sell and how to market, like, you, you can pretty much decide to kind of sell either. It's just, it's a hell of a lot more fun and rewarding to sell the good stuff. But the truth is out there is that, like, um, that, that just me, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that people can be manipulated. And, uh, I mean, you know, now judging with more and more interaction, I just, I see, uh, quite clearly just how confused people are, yeah. um, to a level that like, you know, honestly, like, you know, I can be reading through my DMS or something at like 11 PM where, you know, I've got to get up for, for a client in six hours. And it's just like, Oh my God, I got to answer another, you know, I, I got to answer another, uh, um, question about uh how crunches don't uh aren't going to get rid of your uh you know ab muscles and, and all this stuff and you know taking questions from all over the world but um you know it, it's it's you know i've always looked at it as like i'm i'm basically competing against the bad guys <laughs> like yeah uh, and if you know i i don't know if that's too honest but that's the truth um and uh all you can do is hope that um you put out like i guess man, like you know how, how do i like I end up spending probably about eight hours a day on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of, a lot of the motivation to do so is because the more I post, the more good stuff goes out. And the more I'm on there, the more I can help other people who are do, putting out the right stuff. And I mean, maybe there's behind the scenes, there's just this, uh, there's just this good part of me that, uh, thinks that we can come out on top. Well, and really, and I would say even in the last couple of months is that infographics and we'll just use infographics because that's kind of what you've dived into have taken off even to a greater extent than when they first blew up and they're yeah. filling people's feeds to the point where like that's going to be a large portion of what they see. So I think that the fight is at least <laughs> the scales are turning just slightly and hopefully it does pay off. I don't know. I, I, it's man, that to me, like when people try to put down social media, I'm like, you know what? You have a decision as to like, whether people realize this or not, you have a pretty good decision um, as to what hits your feed the most. Yeah. Um, and that's commenting and liking. The problem is, is people are still out there, like, you know, liking Kim Kardashian stuff. Um, but, uh, but, but truthfully, like, you know, the fact that, you know, I can be just one guy with, with a phone um, putting stuff out there, um, you know, give, gives, gives the good information a chance to, uh, you know, hit enough people locally, but if you hit enough people and grow, I mean, all of a sudden you're, you're finding people all over the world. So, um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there to, uh, to educate people and kind of, uh, I guess, uh, you know, win, win this tug of war. <laughs> now let's take this over into social media uh, even further, um, you know, and about how easy it is for unqualified people to spread Again, that potentially dangerous information. What do you think about that? Yeah, how easy it is to to find bad information, or how easy it is for unqualified people to spread oh. that dangerous inf that, that bad information. Yeah, it's. I mean, like, I mean, if you know, I've I've gotten some, I guess some schooling. I, I'd say on like you know like how this happens, and like truth is, if if you can scare someone enough and and uh, and talk to them in the language they understand. Um, and, uh, you can provide them some idea that you actually have the solution. You can pretty much sell them whatever you want is, you know, and, and you know, a couple installments of 1999, the buy it now button. Um, you know, you, you can send them horseshit back their way and like, you, to be honest, <laughs> you know, and to be honest, they're kind of screwed. Like I've, I've talked to like the, the crazy thing is now is like, I'm a lot of my clients that come in, um, through online, they, like, I'm not their first online trainer. Yeah. So I've, I've heard some good experiences. I've heard some not good experience. I've heard a few horror stories, but you know, at the end of the day, like, like no one's life is being changed by wasting 150 bucks, but that's happening all over the place. Um, and, uh, it's, it's hard, like, but, but you know, it's, it's not something that's just in the fitness industry. It's just, it's, it's the world in general. Like there's, there's a lot of people out there that think money is the only thing that matters. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's something we got to compete with. And, and, uh, you know, it's, to be honest, for me, I barely ever see it because like, you know, all I'm, all I see is like the stuff you guys post, like, 
actually because I comment on it. So it's like it's like oh, like I just you know my feed's full of like either my friend stuff or like people I knew from high school or all these fitness pros who are actually putting out decent stuff. When when I hear all about the stuff that's out there, it's like I'm only starting to hear about it because the questions I get from people are like, "Hey, I'm following this program from this person. I go there, check this person out, and they're like, you know, a huge fraud." And that's a good point, even to navigating social media. Is that I remember when I had like another account back, and even when Instagram was first out, was you're just following everyone that's like famous and doing all the stuff, and like it's changed now. But if you if you like and comment on that stuff, it fills your feed with basically like shit. And then <laughs> you can just have this whole whole area of shit just filling your feet. And people are like hitting the face with it constantly where we don't have that problem because we're following basically fitness professionals and our yeah. friends. So I don't get to see the greater shit. And I'll go look. I'll At this point, I just go look for it just to reinforce that I'm doing things right. But yeah. that's not a good place to be in. Well, yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't really pay attention to the magazine rack because I'm walking by it in the stores. And even, like, I'm, like I mean, I say anymore, like in the last five to ten years. Yeah, um, yeah. because it, like my eyes just don't go to the places that the typical person stuff. However, I do understand it, um, and it's not like you know I'm better than you are because I know what not to pay attention to. I'm just, I'm just more educated on this uh, on this stuff than than the average person is. Um, but it's you know, I mean, at the end of the day, like I said before, it's just something that. Um, you know, when I get up in the morning, like there, there is part of it that's almost a mission to put out stuff that's actually useful for people that actually does help. Um, knowing that, uh, if I don't do it, the chances are that their eyes are probably going to hit a, you know, you know, six pack abs in six minutes type thing, or, you know, like, or whatever, you know, bro out there has his shirt off on Instagram, like telling him how to get rid of the belly fat because, you know, he doesn't have any. Um, so it's, uh. You know, it's tricky, but yeah, you know, it gives it gives me uh it gives it gives me some purpose every day. Actually, you hit on a, a point: uh, the bros on Instagram with the six pack abs. And guess what? There are actually a lot of really qualified people yeah, out there who you know have great physiques, but there is a massive, massive proliferation of uh, fitness competitors, and they're often the worst. Uh, you know, sometimes yeah. the bodybuilding industry or just famous people for being insta famous who are selling programs. We talked about this earlier, the cookie cutter stuff. And like, I see this sometimes on my feed that someone is announcing that they're working with. I was just recently a guy that I am acquainted with announced he's working with some uh, guy, 500,000 some odd followers was on a reality TV show. And I'm just like, really? And you know, it's a guy who is like, I tried my nutrition, try my program where the physique is a steroid built physique. And there's no talk about that, obviously. And they're famous yeah. for something else completely uh, completely different. But people are drawn into this stuff. So I think it's important that we understand that this stuff is out there and it's appealing yeah. to people. But I also want to educate people on the fact that what you're getting is probably extremely cookie cutter, both in nutrition, in the training program. And you're not going to be getting a lot of that interaction, that accessibility that you described earlier. So this is what any listener who is thinking about this stuff or – you know, learning about online coaching, it may not be in your mind right now. And it's, maybe it's something that as time goes on, you realize, okay, this is something that could be an option. Just be really choosy about who you go after and who you want to yep. work with. Because most, I actually would say this, most of what's out there, especially the people with very large followings and very, very polished images. And, and again, the, the, the polished physiques, the Photoshop physiques, that's the stuff that you probably want to bypass for the most part, because these people are not going to be selling you something of real quality. Yeah. And that's, it's partly why like I want to get like, as I get more video from clients and the corrections and stuff, I kind of want to post more of that stuff. Um, it's like, I don't think enough people, you know, understand that that stuff, well, that probably, that, that does differentiate a good professional from someone who's probably just like, you know, selling some sort, sort of diet plan or whatever. But um, you know, it's just, it, like, again, it's just an operate, uh, an opportunity to, uh, to, to, to educate people on what's important, but the, the, the various, like, I mean, I'm glad you corrected me there. There are, there's tons of quality professionals who are on social media with their shirts on, which is absolutely true. Um, it, but, but again, like, it's just like, how do you, how does one person tell when, which one is, which is better than the other? So it's, 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 uh, I mean, it is, I don't think it will ever change the fact that, um, the truth is, is like what I know based on my work and, you know, the amount I see now is the truth is, is like, I think people would be shocked by just how many people struggle with this stuff. And if there's a problem out there, 
there is a feeding ground to trick people into buying stuff. Um, and you know, it, it's, I don't think we'll ever fix it, but the, I mean, if you're listening and you're a good fitness professional and you're not trying to help people more online with content, I mean, like you're, you're, you're doing, you're doing yourself and, and the people around you a disservice by not giving that quality information. Because that's, that's the area in which they're looking at and working through. I guess that's the language they're listening to in in a sense. Yep. And you've kind of seen that influx of people just responding to that. <laughs> and like, like you, you had one example of an old friend would, would catch up with you because they saw something you wrote. And, and I think that, that I, I've had that a few times. And you just realize how many people are actually looking at that, even if they're not liking. The, they're creeping. They're creeping you. And they know. Oh, yeah. they, people know. You're like you like when I got started. Like I actually thought that like to be honest, I used to think there was no no money in in in, in running a fitness business. And and the truth is, like I mean, there's tons of people willing to pay for services if they think you're going to help them solve their problem. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's um you know and and your butt like the guys you used to play hockey with or like the you know, the people who you just don't think are interested, ever interested in like, you know, being an online client or getting some training sessions or something. Truth is, is like, if you have like five people around you, um, there's a good chance that like two or three of them are willing to, um, pay into this stuff and, and, and like invest themselves both, you know, financially and also in terms of commitment. Um, if they actually believe that someone around them can help them fix it. And the first person and truthfully, the people around you would probably rather give you the money than try, try and find someone they don't because the fitness industry doesn't have a lot of trust. I think most people yeah. know that yeah. you can you can hand your money away, and if someone around them actually seems qualified, um, like that's where you start. And uh, I mean, like, like I said before, like if you're good, like start showing people. <laughs> you actually hit on a good point there too. That uh, yeah, if you have someone around you who is caring, we're getting a little feedback from the chat, everybody. Oh, all good. We'll fix it. Okay, we'll fix it. It's definitely awesome. One second. Sorry, folks. Uh, Keep so I'll, I'll just make the point here is that if you have people around you who they are caring, they are qualified. That ah, seems to be okay now. Then explore that option because people, for whatever reason, I'll use the metaphor. They'll line up to you know go to a Beyonce concert or her latest album, but they won't go to the local music scene to support uh, you know their friends who actually yeah. have some talent. So. It can work the other way too. Sometimes people are all too willing to go and give their money to, oh God, who, who do I like to shit on? Oh, Paige Hathaway. She's been caught <laughs> photoshopping her images and, you know, or people like Devin Physique. And that guy got busted for selling all these training programs. And then he wasn't even the one who was doing them and paying this girl scraps. And he was caught photoshopping his legs and his body on Instagram. So even some of those images are bullshit. So, you know, you can throw your money at these kind of idiots. And, you know, there's a coach nearby who actually is really, really caring, who will devote a lot of time and energy to you. And maybe they're a little newer to it, but if they're showing passion, they want to learn, they'll work with you and they'll be there for you. You're going to get a lot more out of that experience than throwing your money at some of these online people who are, uh, you know, hardcore industry-based people. All right, Chad, where do you see yourself taking your business in the ne in this coming year? And how does that, to, I'll reframe that question, uh, what do you want to do for your clients and uh, and how do you want to grow your current business? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I think for the most part, it's probably going to be a little bit status quo for now. Um, you know, I'm I'm not really foray into you know some of the different avenues to run business right now. I think I, I guess I just want to get a you know a solid handle on one on one online coaching. Uh, I'm probably actually, to be honest, what I'm what I am starting to think is that I might maybe come cutting back on one on one, yeah. um, and almost like starting to use it almost entirely as a as a, as a you know, as a bridge system into, into getting people online. Um, I haven't, I haven't thought too much about like, you know, uh, Facebook groups and all that stuff. It's, um, right now I think like, to be honest, the job, the interest in, in online coaching is, 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 is getting, uh, is heating up a little bit. And, uh, the job is challenging. I mean, to do it well, it, it is a lot of work. It is stressful. Um, there's, there's actually pretty much, I mean, uh, like, you know, on top of the, uh, on top of the marketing, there really is no end to the work. Um, so I, you know, I'm probably just, uh, I'll probably just be making a couple of infographics every day and, uh, answering emails and getting on calls and, uh, you know, doing my in-person sessions and, um, you know, it's, it's seeing where it spirals from there. But I think for the next like three or four months or, or just over this entire winter, it's probably going to be uh, pretty much status quo. 
I think a lot of time in the industry, and we talked about this in our last podcast, you pivot as opportunities arise in the industry too. And it's very hard to yeah. say, this is the course I'm going to take and this is where I'm going to be, you know, next year. So yeah. we're going, we're going to probably running a little short on time here. So let's get to uh, one of my favorite questions. And we asked this last time and you gave me shit online for uh, bypassing it. So uh, on social media, uh, have you read any great books that have influenced your career success or life? Yeah, I think, oh, oh, oh yeah, I went with, um, yeah, the one I gave a shit about that was uh, uh, so good they can't ignore you. Right. Um, forget the author on that's, hand. But that's, Cal New that's Cal Newport, right? Yeah, there you go. Because um, I, yeah, so I just read his book, Deep Work, which I thought was incredible. So, yeah, no. Okay, that's going <laughs> next. All right. And um, I think the next one is uh, The Slight Edge, which, I mean, the, the short description on that one is basically just. Uh, how like you know the, the same habits you can use to get yourself out of a pickle like uh, I mean credit card debt or something like that are literally the same same type of habits you can use to uh, build an increasing amount of success as long as you keep doing them so um, and sometimes I often remind myself of that like you know, if I want like you know even in a hard time in a business day or something like that or you know in, in just just a hard day in general. I know that like if something was working, like I can pretty much calm myself down by just saying, okay, if you just keep doing that, things are going to keep working. Um, and the truth is, is that in like, you know, in my past or, you know, maybe what a lot of people do is something goes wrong and they just stop doing what they were doing entirely. Um, or they get out of their hard spot and stop doing the thing that got them out of their hard spot. When, if they just kept going, they'd continue to move forward. So I, that book was pretty, pretty awesome. Actually. It's actually one of my top recommendations. I have four books that, if anyone asks me where to start with this sort of idea, because I post a lot of books online, Slight Edge is one of those four. And you nailed it. It's it's about everyday basic little behaviors and habits that they don't lead to overnight success. And the, the whole idea of overnight success is an illusion. Everyone you've ever seen, music or career-wise or whatever, that you found out about yeah. them and they seem to blow up, there's probably two, five, ten years behind the scenes of hard work that you know, no one saw like you're a couple of years grinding in a commercial gym before yeah. now all of a sudden your Instagram is blowing up really big. But yeah. these little behaviors, if you do them, reading good books, the financial, you know, being smart financially, it goes into fitness, um, you know, good nutrition on a daily basis, exercising very, very regularly. Yes, it doesn't, it, none of this stuff is going to transform you in one day or one week, but added up over the long term, it develops a base to work from and attraction that at a certain point it starts to take off. And yeah, and yeah. Then that's, that's how these big successes are built is by those daily little habits. So I think the slide edge is actually one of the best books that anyone could read. And I'm going to put so good. They can't ignore you in the queue because I was really impressed with Cal Newport's other books. So that yeah. one's, that one's happening. You'll see it on my, uh, on my feed. And if I get distracted, well, I just started a new one, but after that, if I get distracted, you can give me royal shit. Okay. I'm just, I'm just impressed you keep finishing all these books. I, I have the such a bit of like, you know, opening up a book and reading a few chapters and like, you know, just getting derailed. But, you know, again, like, maybe I should just read Flight Edge again. He, he, his trick, and I've kind of figured it out a little bit, like sometimes he'll read, but like it's audiobooks. He's, yeah. I would say, and I, you've kind of, correct me if I'm wrong, because he's crazy, but he yeah. li literally is listening to an audiobook most waking hours. Yeah. Mm, that's well, a bit of an overstatement. So, eighty percent of waking hours that he's not training. <laughs> no, not at yeah. all. So I'll, I'll tell people how to do this. So, it, like everybody's, you know, everybody wants you know to read more. Go ahead. People give me crap about like not paying attention to like you know CNN and the news and current events and stuff. And honestly, I don't pay much attention. You mean fake, and, fake news? Like, I love some people. I love teasing. And, and and I think eight of ten headlines um, had the word nuclear in it. <laughs> and, 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 uh, you know, like if you're, if your head is in, uh, in an audio book or a book or you're, you're doing your work that you love, I mean, honestly, you're probably in a better space for it. Yeah. Well, tell us, break, well, break, break down. We need to help Chad out. Chad, Andrew's <laughs> going to let you know on his secret. I know you've been teaching us some shit. So Andrew's going to teach you some book shit. Well, this is yeah. for everybody. So if you are <laughs> someone who is serious about wanting to read more, okay, first of all, audiobooks are great. Like I actually read him. You know, like hands-on books too, and you can chip away at those. But audio yeah. is easier to, you know, keep your attention, I think, especially while you're doing other things. You can't read and drive at the same time, like a book. Like that would be extraordinarily dangerous. You I can. think I think people do it. That's, That's kind of fucking can. horrifying. But 
<laughs> it's you shouldn't be doing it. But you listen to an audiobook and you can generally pay attention to it. So that's one thing. And you know, we all drive, well, most of us drive a fair bit, uh, you know, to work or whatever. So you could actually chew through, I don't know, maybe an maybe even an hour a day, if not more, on an audiobook. Most well, audiobooks range. I mean, sometimes they're six to you know seventeen hours long. Another trick. Listen to it on one and a half times speed to start with. Okay. It speeds it up a bit. Move up to 1.5 times speed. That's very accessible. I actually listen to audiobooks now at two times speed and I find it's great. Don't start there. That's going to be really, really hard, but listen to them on greater speed. So that way a four, sorry, an eight hour book becomes a six hour book at 1.5 times speed. So you're getting through them more. If you're driving an hour a day and that's the only time you listen, well, then you're going to get through that book in a week. Think about that. One book a week. Imagine how much information you're going to get from that. There are always people who are going to be arguing, oh, you you can't absorb that much from it, blah, 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 this kind of crap. That's largely an excuse that people use who feel bad about the fact that they don't read enough to try to deter someone who is consuming tons and tons of information. That's all that crap is. So don't let that garbage just deter you at all. Yes, if a book is really fantastic and you can draw from it, go back and listen to it again. Go back and read it again. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But for the most part, I think there's an advantage in just subjecting yourself to a lot of different varied high quality information. It doesn't mean you can't slip a novel or some lighter fluff in there in between once in a while. But if you just expose yourself to tons of this information, good things are going to happen. And the most successful business people in the world on average read a ton of books. Another time you can read, uh, listen to an audiobook is while you're cooking. We all spend time cooking. Uh, I put my, uh, my phone, my audio stuff through a speaker in my kitchen. Put it on blast. 80% of his time. (laughs) (laughs) And and so now I can't do this. This doesn't work for me, but some people actually put audiobooks on while they're working out. That one's weird for me. I need music. But uh, so there is a lot of time. It's not like you're sitting down and on the couch and paying attention to an audiobook. You do it while you're doing other things that you have to fucking do anyway. So you're cleaning the the cat's litter pan and taking out the garbage last night. I was listening to an audiobook while I did that stuff. So this stuff adds up. So this is how you can get through this stuff. Yeah. And uh, actually, if I got to add on, like, I, there's a lot of people out there that say, like, you know, reading's useless if you don't act on it, which is absolutely true. true. But the thing is, if you're constantly reading, um, you're probably just going to start acting on it, like, stacking on certain things, even if it seems really slow, just by taking in that stuff, it's going to start to become a part of you that, um, you know, even if you aren't, like... You know, everyone, you know, I think sometimes people think they got to make, take these massive leaps into their, you know, into their uncomfortable zone or whatever you want to call it. Whereas if, you, if you're just reading this information, um, you know, it's, it's one way to leverage the idea that, um, you know, the, the five people who are closest, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I mean, if, if you just ignore all, you know, all the, all the people around you think might be holding you back and you just spend a lot of time with, you know, authors who are also successful people, I mean, you're, you're probably actually just becoming a little bit more like them and eventually we'll actually just start to take on their actions, even if it doesn't seem like it's obvious. That would make me feel bad for not reading books. I'm going to get audiobooks. I, I, okay, I read, but I need to get audiobooks. Reading, uh, infographics and picture books. <laughs> We're, we're just dumbing down information. Actually, that maybe we're reading will help because I can. Dude, I'll dumb get you. Down I'll get you the stuff. audio version of the Doctor Seuss collection, and we'll start from there. Okay. If, if it's like a good reader, it'd be good. Doctor Seuss is racist. Yeah, that's social justice warrior bullshit. No, we're not going down there. Okay, I love Chad. Going down there. You look what you did to. You made him talk about Doctor Seuss. God. Um, where can people find you? So we're talking about infographics, and like you obviously do more. You do nutrition. You do coaching. Um, yeah. where can, where's the best place that people can find you, reach you and kind of see what you have to say? Yeah. The, the best, the place I'm on the most is, uh, is info, is Instagram. <laughs> Infographics. <laughs> Actually, what am I going to go do after this? Um, uh, Instagram, I'm, uh, at Chad Hargrove one. Um, and you can, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, probably, I mean, I'm on there and I'm not posting as much right now, but, uh, if you search my name, I'm, I'm probably, you know, probably come up, especially if you, if you're uh, mutual friends with these guys too. Um, but uh, that's pretty much it. If you want to email me, um, chad at chadhargrove.com, and uh, that's about it. Basically, it was great to have you, man. Yeah. So for anyone listening, this is our second podcast. So actually, I'm really happy with how it went. But 
it's one of those things where um, we could probably do four of these and the conversation would always be different. So Chad's one of those guys you should follow. And, and again, I think from even last time, you're putting up more infographics than last time. So it's just a matter of he's a guy that if you want some digestible information, go follow him, go read him, go vigorously consume everything he has. You'll at least learn something. Much like if you don't read any books, you ain't going to learn shit. If you don't get on Instagram and follow good people, you won't learn jack shit about good stuff. So. So yeah, thanks for doing this all over again. Uh, the cool thing is, is a lot of the really good podcasts that uh, I follow, uh, Jordan Side, who I know you know, um, yeah. they, they do that online business podcast, and they're always talking about how they they buggered something up and then they had to redo it. Some can't be there this time, and they're trying to remember. We the did that. Ideas. We basically did that, Chad. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're like that. We're, like, we're basically Jordan Side. <laughs> you listen to that, and you're like, we got to do that one yeah. time. It's like, hey. Do you- Dean, you got this one off. Yeah. I fucked it up. We're deleting it. We're doing it again. Yeah. Oops. No, his hard drive was full. Anyway, thanks, brother. We really appreciate you coming uh, back for this one. And uh, this is fantastic. So, guys, yeah, thanks, thanks, for, for, thanks really, yeah. for tuning in. Talk. Oh, no. You go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Th- thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's always, well, I mean, second time now, but uh, fun to chat always. Easy conversation. We're having fantastic. you back. We're having you back. Uh, thanks to all the listeners. Yeah. Guys, give us uh, a five-star review on uh, iTunes. That'd be really appreciated. And uh, have a great day. Thanks. Shut up and sit down.